Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Mark. As developers of conversational apps that inform and assist, we speak out in support of a peaceful resolution to the aggression in Ukraine. The voice community has connected us to designers and developers around the world. If you're able to donate to help Ukraine, find a charity that speaks to you or consider donating with Voice Lunch. May dialogue and democracy be the preferred tools of peace. Our thoughts are with the people of Ukraine. In this episode, we reference the work of some of the voice community members that are in Ukraine right now. Our thoughts are especially with them and with their families. Hello, I'm Mark Tucker. Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How's it going, Mark? It is going well. I attended an office hours. It was you, it was you, fun. You did. It was great to have you at office hours this week. Um, you know, we always get a lot of uh, good folks attending, and it was great to see you interacting with some of them, talking with some of them directly. Um, was a bunch of really fun conversations this week. So thank you for joining. And, and I want to remind anyone, you're always welcome to the office hours that I run on, on Wednesdays. Uh, check my Twitter feed for the, the times and the URL. Yeah, you know, we had talked about it before and I just had never put it on my calendar. And so it was there today and I was at a point where I could uh, take a little bit of a break and it was fun. Yeah, very much appreciated to have you there. You know, and, and we've talked in the, before that a lot of the uh, questions and topics that we, we bring up here on, on the show come from discussions that started in office hours. Yeah. And, and I especially think this week, um, one of the big topics that we had, uh, we talked about at office hours that had been following up from a voice lunch uh, conversation that we were part of is talking about content management systems for voice. Oh, I love content management systems for voice. That's yes. That's I, something where I've seen a need for, for years and years and done a little bit here and there with, and it's exciting to see uh, more people talking about it and trying to solve that problem. Right. It's great seeing, you know, products that are out there now that are, are just beginning to address the issue. Um, and you and I have kind of talked around and, and skirted around yeah. the issue before, but, you know, let's, let's kind of talk, you know, take some time to actually talk about what we want as developers in a CMS. Yeah. Um, so let's, I guess, kind of break that into the, the, the flow of where things are when we talk to, um, our voice assistants, then that audio is, is uh, recorded and transcribed. And so that's the um, automatic speech recognition part and then trying to figure out what it means. Um, and that's the natural language understanding. So it, it tends, takes what you say and turns that into an intent. That's on the input side of things. Then you've got kind of the core logic or the handling of that voice request. Like the user said this, and maybe it was a command, maybe it was um, a, a response. Or... It's, got a, it's got a slot value. You know what the intent is. You know if the user's logged in or not, if it's their first or subsequent time being there. There's a whole bunch of context that's about that person um, that's talking um, and plus the context of where you are in, in a particular conversation. So that's stuff that happens in the logic portion. And a big part of that is trying to figure out what the response is gonna be based on what the user said. Um, that's also the place where you would make API calls to go fetch information. Um, like if it's, a, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a, like a food order, 
type of application, you need to make the API call to go get the, the recent orders or to- You know, if it's a weather the, app, you're, you're going yeah. and looking up what the weather is going to be. If, you know, if it's a trivia game or, you know, if it's a game yeah. of some sort, you're, you're going to make an API call to figure out where are they in the game and what comes next. So, yeah. Yeah, and also during that part is where you're 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 you know setting flags or transitioning state like oh this is the you just answered the third question so now it's time to go on to the bonus round so that all stuff's happening in the logic and then on the back end of uh, that is is the output so that's going to be you know figuring out what's going to be said uh, filling in any, any slot values with the data or other context that you've got. And then um, you know, playing an audio file or uh, translating that uh, text into speech. So doing the TTS uh, side of things, mm -hmm. audio files, if it's got a screen, what's the HTML or APL or whatever that's going to get returned back with the images or the videos. So that's all on the output side of things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to, to kind of summarize it is that, you know, we've, we've got, you know, all of these things that feed into the context and yep. then what is our response going to be based on all of these factors? And that's a big chunk of what we do yeah. as developers. So, so the thing that's going to come back is the content, right? It's going to be contact, content wrapped in a conversation based on context, right? So that's, that's how the, the response is going to come back. And typically when you look at a a content management system for um, the web primarily, that's where um, you know, they came out a lot, um, is that, you know, what is the content? What's the blog post that you're going to return? Or what's the, the image that you're going to show? And, oh, is this, is the device that you're showing this image on a mobile, um, a mobile phone? Or is it, you know, formatted for, uh, for a mobile or for a tablet, tablet. or for a website? So, so you might have a bigger image or a smaller image or, you know, the layout might be a little bit different or, or things the like menus that. menus would be different or, yeah. Yeah. So, so those fun. are things, yeah, that well, you'll typically get in a contact management system. Go ahead. Well, well so what I was going to say is, you know, if we think about the same notion that we just applied to voice, you know, we've, we've got this input, we've got all of these other factors, the context, and then from that we need to determine the exact content and send it back we see a parallel on the website, you know, mm -hmm. what did the user just click on or what did they just enter into a search box or what menu item did they select? Or We've enter got, into a form or, yeah. Right. We've got, you know, context in terms of what size is their screen? What browser are they using? What's their um, language? What's their locale? What's... Yep. What did they just enter in? You yep. know, so it, it's this whole set of things. And from that, we need to say, you know, what, what path are they on in their URL? And from that, right. we need to pick the appropriate response, the, the appropriate page, and maybe format it differently, maybe not, um, and give that to them. So there's a, you know, you, you can see where we're going with this, I think. Yeah. And it's uh, something else that's important to note is that we're like a bare bones content management system is really just about the output. It's it's what is uh, what? What are you going to return to the, the user, um, and how is it going to be formatted? And that's the same thing with voice. What is the, what are you going to return back, and how is it going to be formatted? And the formatting in that case is speech synthesis markup language, right? Some SSML. So how are you going to pronounce this word, or 
-hmm. Are you going to embed audio file? Are you going to have audio in the background where text is, where um, you know text is being spoken? So that that's the bare minimum, and that's where content management systems gets the you know the first word content from is what is going to be returned. Now I'm going to put a pin on that for just a minute because we'll talk more about that, but. If you just take the content management system itself, yes, it is about the content and that's what's important, but it's, it's also how this whole thing where who gets to enter in the content, uh, what levels of permission is there? Is there a workflow involved? Is there you know, different stages? Is there pre-publication versus you know, authorized where, or predating when something's gonna show up? There's all kinds of mm -hmm. things that happen around the, the, the content. The and, and I think that goes to the second word, and yeah. that's the management part of it. Right. So, that, so that's an excellent point. Yeah. So so there's there's a whole bunch of things that a content management system does, but it's it needs to the verb manage the noun the content right. So, um, and there's 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 all kinds of things that it, it can do, and you know it depends on if you have a smaller versus a really fancy. Um, content management system, some of these, you know, content management systems you can buy can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and be big for your, a big enterprise. Um, and and yeah, with God. that, you'd also get the ability to do a lot of customization and tailoring, you know, so, yeah. so how, how flexible do you need the system to adapt to exactly your workflow versus a workflow that may already exist or, since CMS, you know, one of the things I think we'll, we'll dive into a little bit about a CMS is that they're really meant for people who are the, who understand the content, yeah. but don't necessarily think about how is that content delivered? That's not their focus. You know, they don't care if the person is hitting it with, you know, a laptop versus mobile. They just want, you know, they, they want that figured out for them by and large. They have yeah, sure. a story they want to tell. So, so let's talk a little bit about the roles. You know, we're both developers, and we're we're used to being like inside of the 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 skill or the action, and and coding that that logic, that middle part. So we're going to take the inputs, and we're going to do the logic, and um, tweak the context, and do the API calls. So that's all. That's very much our domain, uh, where we live and and where we thrive. We have to also take that information and say, um, here's this content or this template of what we're going to return back and we're going to plug in the data and return it back. Right. Well, well, let's hold on. Let's, let's hold there for a moment because okay. I think, I think that's like a step that I think in some ways that's where we want to be. Uh, that's true. I, I think if we look at a lot of the examples that are currently out there for developing skills and actions, they very much simplify that a great deal. Yes. And they say, given an intent, you're going to call this function. And inside that function, you're gonna have a hard-coded string that you're gonna reply with. And if you have to reply with a value, you'll concatenate that value into this string. So it's very simplistic and very straightforward. And I think it's a bad practice. Yeah, so, and, and that's, and a lot of the times you'll see examples of how to create a skiller action. Oh, here in this handler, you're gonna return this hard-coded string. You know, or this hard-coded JSON object or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so we very much want to move from the point where the developer has 100% control over the content. We need to start moving it out because the other two roles uh, quickly is the designer 
So in this case, it's going to be the conversation designer. Like, how is that conversation uh, back and forth going to go with, mm -hmm. between yep. the the user and the and the um, a voice assistant? Right. So so the designer would would kind of be looking at the overall conversation flow, and they would have insight into what the user would say and the best ways to reply to that. But overall, they're looking at the the whole design, the whole conversation yes. flow, not any one specific phrase necessarily. Right. So then you go to the next level where it's going to be what, what I can uh, term the content creator. It is the, the person that is like on uh, question of the day. It's going to be the person that comes up with the question and the, and the um, choice of the different answers that are going to come up. They're all about the you know, the question and the answers or the, the message and the responses or the, they're, they're thinking closer to what the users are going to be getting. Like, what's the purpose of this user coming to this, um, the skill or action. And, and it kind of occurs to me that, and this is something that I, I kind of discussed a little bit with, uh, with Andrew on LinkedIn today, that there's really two, two types of content in a way there's, for, for lack of a better way to put it, there's the, the answers, the, the core content. You know, if, if mm -hmm. I'm asking what the weather is, it's what is the weather? Is it going to rain? What's the temperature? It's the, the, it's the location, the time, the... Right, the, the, the data. The, yeah. So, so we've got content that is data and we've got content that is interface. So, yep. you know, so we have the fact that the temperature is going to be 30, you know, with the, you know, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. And we have the content that says the temperature is going to be something. Right. And in a way, they're, they're almost two different pieces of content and we want to manage them differently sometimes. You can, you can almost imagine that one comes from an API and the other one is this template that we've that we're kind of dancing around the issue of. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but when, and, and when we talk about API, it could be an API that just reads the weather station and tells you what the temperature is, or it could be very much user created content that right. it doesn't exist by, you know, reading a setting or scraping a web page. Somebody has got to create the content, right? Exactly. You know, so, so we do have, you know, so, there's content that, again, I, I like to think of it as data. Yeah. You know, whether your data is, what is the trivia question for today? Or, you know, what are, what are the various rooms that are in this puzzle that you're solving? Or what is the temperature? We've got that data content. Yeah. And, and, and it very much, it, it could be, data could be facts or data could be prose. Right. Right. And, it could and, be an interactive story. Or... Right. And definitely some of that is going to be stuff that, people will generate, you know, if you're entering, you need some way to enter in what those trivia questions are going to be. Right. So you have a content management system that will be managing that part of that. But you also have this other content of how do we ask those questions? What phrases do we use when we tell a person they got the right answer? Yeah. What phrases do we use when we tell them they got a wrong answer or tell them their score or, you know, so, and certainly a customized system will handle both. Yeah, you know, that's true. But in other cases, you don't necessarily want it to handle both or you have, you know, 
the the questions are handled by one team and the phrases are handled by a different team. Um, so we've got those kinds of questions to deal with when we talk about a CMS. Right. And so, and also it's, it's about this, this turn of the conversation is followed by this turn of the conversation and then depending on this condition, we'll go return this or this. That is very much in the realm of a conversation designer. So the designer on your team is really about uh, the flow from intent to response and all the branches. Um, now, it could be a system like VoiceFlow where the designer can flowchart it out and, and have that be the way that it's handled. Or it could be a design that then is handed off to a developer and they code that logic uh, in, inside of code, but you still want to separate the, the content or the data um, that's gonna be returned back from the, the code. You don't want either the, the kind of the conversational glue that makes up sentences with the, the, the data that are the placeholders inside of those sentences. Um, you don't want that to be in your code. So you want to, to take it out of the code and put it someplace else. And what that allows you to do is, um, one, you can update the content a lot faster you update it in some other system. You don't have to redeploy this, the, 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 the skill. You don't have to recertify. You don't have to push code changes to some server somewhere. You're just updating values in some data store. And what that does is it means that you can um, update it more quickly and it's less expensive to make those changes. It costs a lot more you know, dollars for a developer hour than it does for a content creator. Right. Um, and certainly one of the things that, that it means you can eventually get to mm -hmm. is making it so you can have very, very dynamic content. Yes. So if you've got a, a skill or action that wishes people good morning as part of its routine, well, maybe around certain holidays, you'll change that phrase. Yep. Um, and you don't need to bring in the programmer to do that every single time. Yeah. So I think we've gotten some, we, we've talked in the past about some basic templating stuff, mm -hmm. you know, with, with I-18 Next, for example. Yeah. I think, I kind of think in a lot of ways that CMSs take some of those same concepts, some of those same issues that we've got and take it to the next level and say, you know, we've got this basic templating what other things do we need in that templating? What other things can we get, you know, do we give the conversation designer and the content editor to manage what their replies are going to be? And how do we do that as, how do we as developers hook into that to give right. them that power? Yeah, and it, it needs to be not too cumbersome on the development side of things too, because the more work that you have to do on the development side means there's, it's, it's baked in the code. It's less flexible right. going forward. So like some of the basic things we've talked about before is like, maybe you want to say um, welcome versus welcome back, or maybe there's, there's like five different ways you want to say something and you want to give some variability. And so you have a list of those and it doesn't matter. You, you want to just randomly pick one of those. Well, or, or or you may right. want to randomly pick one of those, but make sure you don't use them twice in a row. Correct. Or, or you know, 
we've got 10 and some of, you know, five of them are good in the morning and five of them are good in the evening. And, you know. Yep. Or we've talked about, we were, I I think we were talking about this earlier about, um, you know, AB testing. So like, maybe you want to test some stuff out on, on a smaller percentage, maybe 30% of your users get this new wording um, and somebody else get an alternate one. And then, and you see which one seems to do better. Well, so, so what I think we're, we're, we're skirting around again yes. is that all of this is context. And mm-hmm. I mean, at least the way that I, I see it is yeah. that, you know, we can think of it as state. What is the, you know, at, at any given moment, I have a pile of things that are, in, that may or may not be important to me. Right. You know, I may know who this user is, or at least have an ID for them. I may know how many times they visited us. I may know what the time of day is. Um, if they just triggered a certain intent, I know which intent it was that they triggered. If that intent had some slots that needed to be filled, I know what those values are. I've now made an API call that has gotten me some data that gets to be returned. All of this is bundled together. Yep. And somehow I need to figure out the reply. And in my mind, it's the CMS that should figure that out. Now, now that's, that's interesting because, you know, one, I, I don't have a lot of experience with uh, CMSs in the general world. I, like I didn't, when I did web development, I never did use a CMS or, so I don't know what the features are of a, of, of a CMS. I know it does certain things like, you can say, give me this image, but it will be able to tell where you're, your screen what, what type of device it is. And so it's going to, when you upload the vid, the image once, it's going to create multiple versions of it based on, on the different sizes that you need based on the different devices. And then when you ask for that image, it's just going to return back the, the image that's that's the proper size. So I understand that there's a little bit of that, you know, that's that's context. What device am I on, right? right. Um, so it does a little bit of that, but I don't know. There's There's kind of this line that depending on how much logic you move into the context, and then have conditions on the content, then it starts to look more and more like, oh, this is a no-code tool. That's a fair point. Um, but I think also the the opposite side of that is that you know if the content people say, you know, in the month of December, I want to wish people happy holidays. Well, okay, does that mean that I need to put that as code? Yeah. And get you know, it on a backlog and plan it, you know, right. a month ahead of time or. Right. And, and if, you know, in July, they want to start wishing you a, you know, happy summer, you know, if they keep changing it, how do I now need to change that in the code? Right. So maybe in some ways, this is a little bit of a no code solution. Yeah. But and it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I, I kind of think of it more as, the the developer you know the development side that we do we're applying most of the business logic and maybe that's it that maybe that's the difference is that we're applying the business logic but some of the response logic mm, that's an interesting point should be in the hands of somebody else and thus controllable through the CMS yeah, and so because you know the the, the argument, be, you know, with no code versus, you know, code is like, oh, you don't have to write any code. But if I'm doing conditional logic and 
adding things together at some it's point. It's, now it's just a, a, a GUI on top of code. Right. Which is, you're still having to think through logic and, and things, which I think you could argue that that is a type of programming. It's not, you know, you don't have to know JavaScript to do it, but you still have to know the something, the, the, the something to do that. So then, yeah. then you start to wonder, well, does that get more complicated or too complicated that our content creators can't do that? So now there is, this other role that is either a designer or something that's that's kind of straddles that content and designer role to to do that to handle that type of stuff. Well, I, I think this is actually where you do start seeing some of the the CMSs like WordPress, for example. You know, they've got a very sophisticated programming backend, and you've got programmers who will come in and build these modules. Right. And present a fairly decent user interface mm -hmm. that, enco you know, that encapsulates some of that logic if you want it. You know, so you can specify, you know, here, you know, pull from this RSS feed and pull these items, you know, the top five items from it. And right. here's the information from that RSS feed that I want to show. And... I can tweak the layout from it a little bit. You know, the rest of that logic, how it does that, how it handles errors, how, you know, how it counts that many, how it formats it, that, that was done by a programmer who, if necessary, can tweak that a little bit. Right. But still give an interface in the front end for... Well, well that's interesting because, you know, I've done WordPress before and you can create a blog with WordPress. You can create a storefront. You can create a gallery. And you would choose some sort of a template to of like what type of system you want to create. But behind the scenes, there's still you create an item and you fill in form fields for those items and you publish, you have some sort of publication workflow to get it out so it's in production. Mm -hmm. Well, but that's it, is you know, you can specify uh, only publish it when it's in this state and there's a drop down right. that lets you change the state or only publish it you know there's a checkbox that says only publish after this date and you can click or unclick that checkbox you know so there's there's logic in there but a lot of the other logic has been hidden well so and so like kind of going through this thought so this is exploring some things i haven't really thought um as deeply about until now is so you've got some system like a WordPress and you've got widgets that you can plug into the system and put on pages. So you can extend the content that you're gonna publish by adding widgets. Um, but you also have these, these plugins, like I can't remember what, if they're also widgets that are just non-visual widgets that do different things like update databases or, or do different things. So now it's like, you've got some system that's pluggable with widgets or plugins that this whole thing is your content management system, but it's extremely flexible and what, what it does. And so the develop, there's the development of the system itself, kind of the ecosystem that everything lives in, but then there's individual development of this widget or that widget. And then somebody decides to put this combination of widgets together to create some sort of a solution. So that would be interesting because uh, right now a lot of the, the like the no code solutions are are closed systems, right? It doesn't necessarily allow for a marketplace of various developers to create and and market their 
widgets for use in in the voice industry. That would be really cool to say this component is going to allow me to do um, a shopping cart. This this one's going to allow me to ask for phone numbers. And so then more, the system is plugging these things together. Um, and, and then, then if you... And if, you, and if you don't have this, the, the widget that you need, then you get a developer to create the widget that you need and plug that into the ecosystem. Right. Or take an existing widget and tweak it so that exactly. it works exactly the way you need it. Yeah. So this widget would be making the API call to get back the, the information about my store, previous store orders based on some certain values. Um, but then it's something else that's that's going to be well after you do that then it's going to move off to this system and this this part and this so that it's kind of an interesting way so i've 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 thought of wordpress as a content management system but i've really more heavily thought of content management system on just the content and not necessarily the the system where all these other these moving parts fit together to yeah. to come up with the whole solution you know mark let's let's Put a pin in this right now because I think we're running, we're going to run long on this. And I know there's more that we're going to want to talk about. So uh, let's pick this up again next week. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So tune in again next week where we'll continue this conversation on two voice devs. Two voice devs. Take care. Bye bye.